Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thank you for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. This time we're going to be talking about a nonprofit that does incredible work in many of the western states of the United States and right here in our own backyard. Let's talk about Guide Dogs for the Blind. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Chris Benninger. Chris is the CEO and president of Guide Dogs for the Blind. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland, Chris. Thanks so much, Gary. I'm really thrilled to be here today. This will be fun. I love talking about dogs, and, and guide dogs are such special little creatures. Yes, they are. Um, most definitely they are. So tell me about Guide Dogs for the Blind, in case somebody listening has never heard of you guys before. Yeah, so Guide Dogs for the Blind, um, we are the largest guide school in North America, second largest in the world. Our mission is to empower our clients um, to be independent through the use of a well-trained guide dog. Um, I think one of the things that people don't realize is that all of our services are free, including lifetime veterinary support for the guide dog. And... um, you know, I, I think that um, the mission itself is one that is incredibly inspirational because from from my perspective, I'm a big believer in by empowering one life, we actually end up empowering, quite frankly, that individual's entire community. That's a beautiful way to think about things. I, I might steal that from you. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> you so, are welcome to steal that from me. <laughs> Chris, you say you're the largest uh, guide dog organization in the country. How many people do you help out? So um, we serve um, anywhere between three and 400 clients a year. And just to put us sort of in perspective, the next largest school um, in the country is serving somewhere between 150 and 180 clients a year. So you are really big. You're headquartered in California, but you have a a location right in our backyard here in Portland. Tell me about that. Yes. So um, we have two locations, one outside of San Francisco and the other is about 25 miles southeast of Portland in a little town called Boring. And um, on our uh, Oregon campus, um, that is uh, strictly basically what we call a training campus. So that is where we train both our guide dogs and then we train our clients and our guide dogs together. 
anyone who's ever driven up to Mount Hood to go skiing or to sightseeing or anything, if you look on your right hand side of the road, once you get to Boring, there's a big sign that says Guide Dogs for the Blind. That's who we're talking with today. That's awesome. It is. It is. <laughs> actually, it's kind of fun actually seeing that on a on a regular highway. Yeah. So how do how do you train guide dogs and and is that a long process? It is a long process. So it's a minimum of eighteen months. We start training when the babies are three days of age. And so um, what what is training at three days of age, right? Um, we have these wonderful um, volunteers called cuddlers who sit with the mom and the litter and take each of the babies and literally do that cuddle, right? Um, so that our babies at the earliest of ages are introduced to people, socialized with people, are used to touch. Um, and then um, from three days as, as our as our puppies begin to grow, we continue with that socialization. Um, one of the fun things is that when you tour our puppy center, so we have um, a facility on our California campus where 950 puppies are born each year, um, and you go through um, you go through that center. What's fun is that. Um, in each of the pods where we have mom and her litter, we rotate different types of sounds so that babies at a very young age start to get used to things like hair dryer sounds, um, sirens, um, you know, uh, firecrackers going off. Um, because as part of the work of a guide dog, um, they can't be, they can't be concerned about any of these types of things that, that happen within our environment. Um, at eight weeks of age, they our puppies go to um, one of our puppy raisers. We have 2,000 puppy raisers in the 10 western states as far east as Texas. And they remain with our puppy raisers for 12 to 14 months where they learn all of their house skills, how to walk appropriately on a leash, how to settle um, either at, you know, at an office or when you go out to dinner underneath, you know, the table. Um, they learn such skills as not barking um, because a guide dog has to be um, a good canine citizen and not just, you know, bark randomly. And then when the dogs are somewhere between 15 and 16 months, they come back to one of our campuses, um, and we call it going back to college. And um, that's where they learn all their guide skills. And that takes 12 to 14 weeks with one of our guide dog mobility instructors. And then they're paired with their person who um, trains, the team then trains together for two weeks before they uh, graduate and move on to their new life together. Man, that is quite a process, Chris. It is quite a process. <laughs> you know, I don't, I will say that. I don't think we've touched, touched on what uh, breeds that Guide Dogs for the Blind uses. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, we breed uh, Labs and Golden Retrievers, and we actually breed a, a cross between the two. Um, we... 
purposely choose those two breeds for basically the following reasons. One is that Labs and Golden Retrievers are um, very social dogs. And part of being a guide dog is being a bridge to the community. So when an individual is visually impaired or has no sight at all, um, it's very difficult to connect with your community because we connect through sight. And having a dog that's a social dog that um, can connect you, um, uh, you know, by uh, basically being a welcoming dog um, really helps our clients, um, you know, basically connect and step into their community. Um, guy, uh, labs and golden retrievers are dogs that um, can transfer, can easily transfer, you know, their allegiance from one person to the next. And the reason that that's important is because there's so many people who are involved in the creation of a guide dog. So a guide dog, you know, um, forms bonds with, you know, on our campus here with the people involved in taking care of the guide dog as a puppy and then the puppy raiser and then coming back um, with their uh, guide dog mobility instructor and then ultimately with the client. And so um, Labs and Goldens are dogs that bond easily. Um, they, they have strong bonds, but they can transfer those bonds um, easily. And then two other, I think, interesting little tidbits about labs and golden retrievers. One is that they have an easily maintained coat, which is important. It's one of the reasons that we don't breed poodles or, um, you know, doodles because there's a lot of work to maintain that poodle coat. You have to take it into a groomer and get it, you know, groomed on a regular basis. And that's a lot of work for our clients. And um, labs and goldens can be taught to walk in a straight line. And that's important for guide work. Those are amazing considerations. Wow. That's a lot of science going into picking out the right type of breed that's going to help, help somebody. Yes. Um, there's, it's all science. And quite frankly, you know, all of our dogs are purpose-bred. And what that means is that we are creating a guide dog at the DNA level. So we work with geneticists um, as far as determining, you know, who we're going to breed to who, what traits we're trying to breed for um, in a guide dog. And, um, and then once our puppies are on the ground, then we're nurturing those traits on literally a daily basis um, to ensure that we're really creating a dog who is ready and able to do the work we're going to ask it to do. We're talking today with Chris Benninger, CEO and president of Guide Dogs for the Blind. And I want to hear about some of the programs that uh, you guys offer, especially the Canine Buddies program. Oh, you know, the Canine Buddy program was one of my most favorite programs. Um, so in addition to providing guide dogs for individuals who are visually impaired, um, we also provide what we call a canine buddy or a well-trained companion dog to children who are visually impaired and too young to get a guide dog. So you have to be at least 14 years of age in order to get a guide dog. Um, 
but what a canine buddy's job is, is to um, really, you know, help the child um, with their confidence in, you know, being an individual who is visually impaired in life. And um, there's just some amazing, amazing stories um, with regards to some of the work that our canine buddies do. Um, we have, you know, parents that will tell us that, you know, their five-year-old um, prior to getting the, their canine buddy was absolutely afraid to do everything. You know, mom had to, you know, be with her daughter, you know, to take her to the bathroom, get her dressed. Um, she wasn't making friends in school. And once she got her canine buddy, all of a sudden, you know, it was like, mom, I can do it. Mom, I can do oh. it. You know, um, the, she's the coolest kid on the block with regards to, because she's got this, you know, really cool dog and she's now making friends. Um, we have another family whose young son, um, these are things, I'm sorry, I choke up because <laughs> they, they really touch my heart, but um, whose young son basically just had night terrors. Every, every night was waking up, um, you know, crying from nightmares. And once he had his canine buddy and the canine buddy was sleeping with him, all of those, oh, sorry, night terrors went away. So our canine buddies, while they're not a um, service dog per se, actually um, play a huge role, make a huge difference, and um, actually prepare our um, a lot of these children for getting a guide dog later on in life. And so many of our canine buddy kids actually go on and come back for a guide dog. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing those stories. Those are, I can see why they're tearjerkers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, I want to ask yeah. you about guide dogs. Are they on uh, working 24 seven or do they ever have time off? You no. Know, yeah. So um, people always ask that. And the reality is, is a guide dog only works, works two to three hours a day. And so what is what does work really mean? That means that you um, have to be completely focused. You're taking your person from point A to point B. Um, a guide dog is basically the eyes for their person. And um, it takes a lot of concentration to do that work. The rest of the time they are, you know, with their person, which, you know, dogs being pack animals, it's wonderful. You know, um, my dogs would love to be with me 24-7. I would love for them <laughs> to be with me 24-7, but I can't take them everywhere, right? I can't take them into stores and restaurants. But um, so, uh, no, they, they don't. They absolutely don't work 24-7. Um, the other thing is that, Part of the training when our clients are with us um, that they go through is also, you know, learning to um, sort of allow their dogs just to be dogs, right, and have playtime and what's appropriate playtime, you know, for a guide and, you know, just be sort of that silly lab or that silly golden retriever, you know, every single day as well, so... 
and they know when they're working. Obviously, they've been trained to know that, and they know when they can play. Absolutely, and the cue for that is the harness. So when the harness is on, it's like putting your business suit on. You are working, and you, um, you know, you can see that in, in in our guide dogs. They're working. They have a completely different demeanor. They're, you know, they're not going up to people and soliciting, you know, um, interactions. Um, they're they're really focused on what they have to do. The harness comes off. You'd never know that they're a guide dog. Talk about silly, you know. They're wanting to talk to everybody. They're wagging their tails. <laughs> Sometimes they'll even jump up on you, which they're not supposed to do. But <laughs> That's good information for the public to know, that when they see a dog with a harness, that dog is working, and probably best to just walk by. Right. Or, you know, you can talk to, um, you know, the handler and just, you know, introduce yourself, ask if you can say hello and pet the dog. But what you should never do um, is just pet the guide dog and harness um, without first talking with the handler. You know, um, a good analogy of that is because, again, you know, if the guide dog is taking somebody from one point, you know, point A to point B, it's focusing on that job. If you, you know, disrupt that, it's the same thing as if you're driving and all of a sudden, you know, you know, I cover, you know, I jump up on the um, windscreen, right? right, right and yeah. you can't see, right? Oh my God, you know, what are we going to do here? That's a perfect example. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We're talking so, today with Chris Benninger. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say that, you know, our clients love the opportunity to, you know, meet people, talk about their guide dog, just, you know, meet people in general. So always feel free to um, say hello and ask if you can pet a guide dog. And, you know, people will let you know whether you can or you can't, but it gives you an opportunity, gives our clients an opportunity as well to, to get to know some folks in their community. Yeah. Great example. We're talking with Chris Banninger, CEO and president of Guide Dogs for the Blind. Now, Chris, I want to ask, how has the pandemic affected uh, what you guys do and also people who, with visual impairments? Yeah, so let me start with our clients. Um, the pandemic has been really hard for people with visual impairments. Um, and that's whether you're using a guide dog or whether you're using a cane. And the reason for that is, is that um, so much of the pandemic has been about social distancing and the cues for social distancing, um, basically, you know, you have to see, right? So I know in my grocery store, you know, they still have, you know, the markings on the floor that mark every six feet. Um, if you're blind, you can't see that. Um, and, you know, even if you're working with a guide dog, a guide dog is not trained for social distance, distancing. So it's been very challenging for our clients and oftentimes because there's been so much fear around the, you know, the pandemic and the virus um, that some of the interactions have been um, almost unkind, I think, with regards to people with visual impairments. They don't realize necessarily that they may be getting within that six foot range. And, um, and people haven't always been kind about letting them know that. 
So one of the things that, you know, we encourage the public is, um, you know, just to kindly let people know if somebody's getting too close. Um, if you're on a bus and somebody is getting on, um, guide dogs are trained to take one to the nearest empty, empty seat. It may not be the appropriate seat because somebody is sitting in the seat next to, to the empty seat. Um, but just kindly let the person know, you know, you know, there's a, there's an empty seat, uh, three rows back on the right hand side. Um, or even if, you know, you can help in any other way. Um, with regards to guide dogs for the blind, I mean, it has been a journey. We've had to completely um, retool how we uh, train our clients, um, again, to ensure safety, social distancing, um, even initially, it was difficult because so many businesses were closed and we didn't have the opportunity to train guide dogs, you know, in restaurants, um, on buses, um, on trains, because so many things were not open and running. Um, good news is that things are coming back to normal again, but um, it has been a journey. Yeah. I will tell you that. <laughs> so many considerations that... Um Frankly, I didn't consider most of those, but that's that's really interesting that to to hear what other people are having to experience during this pandemic. Everybody's having to experience something bizarre, right? But these considerations right. are, are not things I I had ever thought of. Right, and and most most people don't because it's it's not our own personal experience, right? So. Well, Guide Dogs yeah. for the Blind is, an, is a nonprofit organization, so how can our listeners help you out? Oh, thank you so much for asking that. Um, we are a nonprofit organization. We receive no government funding. As I said earlier, all of our services are free to our clients, including lifetime veterinary care. And we are dependent um, completely upon donation and the support of our communities. So, you know, listeners can help um, if you're inspired by what you've heard today. Hopefully, you'll go to our website and make a donation. Our website is www.guidedogs.com. Um, we are always looking for volunteers um, to be, you know, dog walkers, you know, to help with dog bathing, to help with dog feeding, kennel cleaning. Um, all sorts of activities, particularly on our Oregon campus. Um, and if you're inspired, tell others about guide dogs. Um, if you happen to know somebody with a visual impairment who you think might benefit from a guide dog, tell them about guide dogs for the blind. There's lots of ways you can help that we would very much appreciate. Chris, this is very weird for me to say, but the holidays are coming up. The holiday—it's—it's it's hard to believe that we're getting close to the holidays. So, do you guys have anything yes. going on for this holiday season? We absolutely do, and um, we have our virtual holiday events. We're still not yet meeting in person. I look forward to the day then, but we can bring six hundred people together in a room. But we're not quite there yet. Um, but we have our virtual holiday celebration, which is going to be on Sunday, December 5th. 
Um, I'm hoping that at 5 p.m. Pacific um, Pacific time, um, it's a one-hour fantastic opportunity, not only to learn more about Guide Dogs for the Blind, to be, but to be inspired by uh, the work that we do. It's free. All you need to do is go to our website to sign up. Um, and the good news is you can do that from, you know, the comfort of your living room. You don't even have to get dressed up in order to attend our event. And what was the date for that one again? Um, December 5th. Excellent. Sunday, December 5th. Well, Chris, we've got about a minute to go. I want to know what else you'd like to share with our listeners about Guide Dogs for the Blind. Oh, gosh, thank you so much. Um, I think that, you know, really just that um, Guide Dogs for the Blind is an organization that makes a tremendous difference in the life of our clients. Um, It's an organization that, you know, if for whatever reason uh, you are interested in um, ensuring that people can live their lives independently, we're an organization that really facilitates that. And I'm hoping that um, people will be inspired to learn more about us and to get involved because in order to do our job, it takes a huge community of supporters, um, whether that's volunteers, puppy raisers, um, donors, staff, um, to do the job that we do. Thank you. Yeah. Chris, it's always so great to talk to you and hear about the dogs. Oh, thank you, Gary. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. You are absolutely welcome. We've been talking today with Chris Benninger, CEO and President of Guide Dogs for the Blind. Thanks again. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.